This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Hey guys. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of The Law School Show. Today we have a new team member, Mike. Hi, how's everyone doing? So, uh, yeah, as Alina just said, I'm going to be joining everybody and helping out with the law school show now. Hopefully you guys like my voice and how I sound. It doesn't grate on your nerves a little too much. Uh, Sounds very good, Mike. <laughs> that's, that's, that's always good to hear. Okay, enough introductions. <laughs> yeah. Let's begin. <laughs> so today we're talking about clerkships. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a little, we're doing our episode on clerkships. We're going to try and delve deep and find out, you know, what you guys need to know about applications uh, in the interview process and the clerkship experience. So as most of you know, clerkship is something you can do, and instead of articling or for some of the courts after articling, and it gives you a unique experience to become a better litigator and work with judges one on one. Mm-hmm. So the where can you clerk? So you can clerk pretty much at the Federal Court, Court of Appeal, Supreme Court, Ontario Court of Appeal, and the Superior Court of Justice in Ontario. And those applications are all due in January. The other provinces, you can obviously clerk at their various levels as well, and their applications are due at other times. We have three guests for you today, starting with Samantha Cass, who was starting at the Ontario Court of Appeal next summer. What did you think about that interview, Mike? Honestly, I found it very informative, especially the part where she talks about uh, the substantive part of her interview. It was just really interesting to kind of get a bit of a leg up on what you'll experience in the interview process. Okay, so check it out. So my name is Samantha Cass, and I graduated from the University of Ottawa from English Common Law in June of this past uh, spring, and I'm currently articling in Toronto at Norton Rose Fulbright, which is a full-service corporate firm, and I will be clerking at the Ontario Court of Appeal starting in August 2016. So we are hoping to talk to you about your clerkship application, um, starting with the actual process. Do you have any tips on how to apply? Yeah, the main thing is you have to be pretty organized at a pretty early date because um, I'm not sure if you know, but there's two phases. Well, if you're applying, sorry, if you're applying to the Court of Appeal in Ontario or to the Supreme Court, then there's an internal process in the faculty, and then there's the process with the court if you're successful in the internal process. So uh, in my year, the applications internally were due in November. And then the interview, the court's not until February, so it's a long, it's a long process. So definitely um, staying organized and making sure you're on top of deadlines is really important. And I think also just taking time to think about whether clerking is something that you are interested in and whether you think that it's something that would be beneficial to you is really important and will help you throughout the process, um, both in terms of writing your cover letter and in the interview, if you kind of have reflected on why you want to pursue the opportunity, I think that is a, is a really good starting point. Mm-hmm. Why did you want to pursue it? Um, I wanted to clerk because I wanted more time in an academic-type environment. Um, there's It's a lot of research and writing and writing memos and that sort of thing, which is... Uh, similar to the types of things that you do in a lot of law school courses, which I really liked. Um, I also wanted to get more exposure to different areas of the law um, beyond where I'd be articling. So, for example, I wanted to get some more exposure to criminal law and sort of have some more time to see what area I ultimately want to practice in. So the Court of Appeal um, that is like criminal, civil, family, and admin law, which I'm interested in all of those things. And other than civil, there's not a lot of that work um, at a big, big street law firm. So I thought it would be a good compliment to my articles. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Sam, why don't you, uh, well, what do you think was most successful um, with your application? I actually 
actually applied in second year and third year and was unsuccessful in second year. So even just comparing my application in the two years, I can't really point out um, what the difference was. But um, I think so. the interview is really short. I'm not sure if we'll get more into the process later, but the interview is really short. So I think you have to make sure in your paper application that you try and show that you're well-rounded. So you have to sort of try and make sure that, that the judges have a good picture of who you are from your paper application because they don't have a lot of time to get to know you in the interview. It's only about 20 minutes. Um, so it's really important, I think, to like craft a really careful cover letter that actually tells something about yourself rather than just being sort of a boilerplate cover letter that you would use for mm-hmm. a different type of job. Um, yeah, but other than that, it's. I don't think there's like a magic formula. I think it, it really depends on the person. Okay. Do you, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about the actual interview? Like, what was the what was it like? Kind of just kind of describe like the whole thing in about like two minutes or so. Yeah, sure. So it's you interview with two judges of the Court of Appeal, a current clerk and a staff lawyer, mm-hmm. and it's only about twenty minutes, as I said. Um, prior, when you find out that you're going to be having the interview, they ask you to prepare one of two uh, decisions. Both times they were Supreme Court, both Supreme Court decisions, um, and they always have like a majority decision and a dissenting opinion. Mm-hmm. So you have to side with the majority of the dissent. So part of the interview is your view on the case that you prepared, and then the judges might intervene and challenge your view. Um, you have to apply with a writing sample, so they might ask you about that in your interview. And then they'll ask just general interview questions, like ask you about things that are on your resume, ask you why you want the job. Um, I was asked about my favorite courses in law school were. Um, yeah, other than that, it's like the substantive part comes from your writing sample and the case, and then otherwise it's just like a standard interview. Mm-hmm. Is it challenging to take a particular stance? For example, if you agree with a minority opinion, then you're disagreeing with the majority of the judges interviewing you. Yeah, it's, well, so it's really hard. <laughs> the decision, the last year were both Supreme Court of Canada and they hadn't come from the Ontario Court of Appeal, so at least you weren't like outright disagreeing with someone who's sitting in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely the judges have their own opinions, and will tell you so it's it's hard to have the confidence to stick to your guns and say what you think is right based on the law but it's I think that's really important because they are going to rely on their clerks to do that for them when they're trying to decide decisions so I think that like I for example was challenged um like just the one judge just disagreed with what I thought and I just explained like, I just didn't back down and sort of explain my reasoning, and then she sort of agreed with me on that mm-hmm. um, aspect of it. And I think that's, like, an important thing to do, but it's really intimidating. <laughs> do you have any prep tips for us ahead of the interviews? Um, yeah, I think looking over your resume like you would for a regular interview, um, you obviously have to read the case that you're going to prepare and then all the lower decisions and sort of try and prep it's hard because it's a lot to remember, but try and sort of prep the way that cases come up through the court so that you're, you can answer side issues that might come up on the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and then depending on what your writing sample is that you submit, I had to review mine and sort of note up some of the cases because mine was like a year old by the time I interviewed. And depending on the judges, they might ask you detailed questions about what you wrote about. So if you can't remember what you wrote about, then that doesn't come off. Um, very good. And other than that, just, yeah, just sort of thinking about how your past experience, like what transferable skills would be relevant to clerking. Mm-hmm. So you'd mentioned that obviously they go through the, uh, they give you a case and they ask you to prep for that. But what other, what other kinds of substantive information do they ask you? Like, do, do they focus on certain things specifically more than others? Um, they don't really ask you, in my experience, they didn't ask, like, substantive questions, like, out of the blue. They weren't just like, oh, tell me what the law is related to X. It was in the context of the case. Like, they didn't 
address anything that wasn't in the case. Oh. So it was pretty, like, it was fair. Mm-hmm. And then they might, they would ask you, um, like, I got asked a couple of tangential issues that related to what I wrote about in my writing sample. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I wrote about, like, a freedom of expression challenge or something so they obviously asked me about that which was fair because that was my writing sample but other than that like you don't have to be worried about just sort of like um standalone substantive questions mm-hmm. so, in my experience at least okay <laughs> was there anything unexpected um i got asked uh like there was a vacancy or there was going to be a vacancy on the supreme court so i got asked like who i thought they were going to appoint which I obviously had no idea. Um, mm. And I just sort of said, oh, like, whoever it is, I'm sure it'll be controversial, <laughs> which they liked. And so I sort of just dodged that question because I, I didn't even really know who, like, was in the running at mm-hmm. that point. Um, I think they were just kind of, like, maybe just trying to throw you off. I don't know. Maybe they were taking conversation. But that was the only question that was, like, out of the blue. Okay. Everything else is uh, pretty predictable. All right, so um, of all your answers that you gave in your interview, what were you most proud of and why? I think probably my analysis of the case, uh, because that was the technical part of the interview, and one of the judges started asking about how that related to past decisions, and I was able to, like, recall the facts and, like, distinguish the Mm -hmm. decisions, which I think um, came across well, so that like sort of thinking on my feet and being able to rely on my prep. Um, I think that's what I would be the most proud of. Mm-hmm. Anything you would do differently, though? Um, not really, I don't think. Like, it's hard. I was really, really nervous, but I don't know how you can be less nervous. <laughs> um, so I think my preps, like the second I pretty much did the same prep for both years and both times I didn't really feel like there was anything that I wished I had done it's just hard because the interview is quite short so you walk out feeling like you're not sure if you were able to come across in the way you wanted to but Mm -hmm. that's about it what do you think is the most challenging thing about the entire process the interview itself is definitely challenging although once you're in there it sort of just flows. Another thing I found challenging about the process was getting reference letters. You need to reference letters, and one has to be from a faculty member. So it's definitely something to think about if you're like me. I took mostly uh, big classes of 100% exams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so professors can't really write your reference letter in that case because they don't know what your writing's like and they don't know what your research is like. So um, depending on... That's something you can sort of plan ahead if you are thinking about applying and you, like next year, then to try and take a make a, like a seminar where you could get a reference letter. Um, so it's, that was also challenging, but only one has to be from a faculty member, so okay. it ended up being fine. Yeah. And how did how did the obviously the interview is a bit different than you would in like a law firm or anything else, but how did it how did it compare generally to your other other interviews you'd done, say for like Norton Rose or any of the other places? Yeah, it's, like, it's pretty, it's very, very formal. So it's very different from an OCI um, and even an infirm in that sense. Um, There's no, like, chit-chat and that sort of thing. It's, like, it's also a panel, which, depending on the firm, you might have that in a firm interview. But most of my interviews were just with one lawyer when I was going through the recruitment process. Um, It's also just, like, the people you're interviewing in front of are judges of the Court of Appeal. <laughs> so you feel like it's very uh, nerve-wracking in that sense. And you have to be very respectful and deferential. Not that you wouldn't be in a regular interview, but it's just sort of like a different environment. It's a whole other level, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of, like, it's like, what's your favorite course? Like that type of thing you might get asked in a firm interview. So it's really just like the substantive part that's really different and otherwise it's uh it's like a regular job interview um just definitely like the, the infirms and the ocis can be more casual so it's, it's just like a more formal version mm-hmm. okay is there anything else you think students should know as they're applying for this no i think people should apply um i think a lot of people get don't apply for whatever reason. Either it seems like too tedious to put together the application or they don't think they'll get it. But um, 
I think it's a really great opportunity. So I think people should just apply. Um, you never know what's going to happen. And also I would encourage people to apply even if they're in third year because I think like articling and then clerking is like a unique experience that gives you a different skill set. So mm-hmm. I know some people kind of, they're not successful getting it as their articles aren't as interested, but for me at least, I think it's still going to be a really good opportunity. All right, well, Sam, I think that's all the questions we have there. That's, that was really great. Thanks so much. No problem. Next, you have Nick Howard, who is a federal court clerk right now. He, like other people we've spoken to for this podcast, um, is talked about his application process and what he does right now for the court. I don't know if many people know this, but I didn't personally, that uh, the judges travel quite a bit. Like the clerks are in Ottawa, but the judges are, judges are hearing things all over the country. So I thought that was really cool. Anyways, guys, here's the, here's the interview. My name's Nick Howard, and I'm a clerk at the federal court. And where did you previously go to school? I went to University of Ottawa, and I graduated mm-hmm. just this past June. Okay. Or May, I guess. I guess you started the clerkship in August of this year, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah beginning okay. of August. All right. So, just right off the bat, uh, how do you feel the federal court clerkship would differ from um, clerking at another court? Um, the federal court's kind of unique, uh, and this goes for both federal court and federal court, court of appeal, in that it's at the federal court, it's a trial level. Um, court, so we have trials, but mm-hmm. there's also uh, a lot of judicial review, um, which is differs pretty significantly from uh, their usual kind of civil trial um, type of thing, and and that's pretty unique to the federal court. So uh, it's an it's it's interesting because you get uh, a taste of a more kind of appeal-like process through the judicial review, mm-hmm. um, but you also get the trial level uh, stuff going on as well. It's really cool. Yeah. Are there any other differences? Uh, between other courts, um, I mean, I can only really speak to the federal court because this is where I've been, but um, <clears throat> there's no criminal law, so if you're interested in criminal law, I would avoid it. Though, that said, they do. Uh, there are some competition law, tribunal uh, judicial reviews, so you get a bit of competition law as well. Um, yeah, that's probably the main differences. Could you describe your job, uh, what you do on a daily basis? Yeah, so uh, a lot of research, a lot of writing, uh, and a lot of reading. I think that's probably... Um, pretty general to all law jobs, but uh, so each of the federal court clerks are assigned to a specific judge, or I should say hired by a specific judge, Um, and so you are working uh, on whatever cases your judge is working on at the time. So um, often what will happen is a file uh, will be assigned to the judge or a case will be assigned to the judge, and then you as the clerk will get the file, you'll go through it and summarize what the case is about for your for the judge. Start conducting a bit of legal research on what the background of the case is, um, what's going to be involved, uh, and then if you're if the the case is in Ottawa, you can go to the hearing, see the hearing, um, watch counsel, and then oftentimes you'll discuss the file with your judge, uh, write a memo on it, for example, providing that summary and all of that and that kind of thing. So that's yeah, that's basically it. And uh, just out of curiosity, how do you how do you get assigned to a judge? Do they just right through the interview process, judge picks you out of a hat, or <laughs> or do they like kind of have an interest in you based on applications and just go through it that way? Yeah, so essentially each judge runs their own hiring process for mm-hmm. clerks. Um, I mean, it's, it's all conducted through the federal court, and so you submit an application to the federal court, which is actually also an application for the federal court of appeal. It's a joint application process. And then the uh, judges in order of seniority will go through the applications and pick out who they want to interview and then from the people they interview they'll choose their clerk for the year. Um, so that's, I mean, that's essentially how it works. Uh, and then uh, it's, the, uh, it's the judge who will choose the, the clerk, essentially. Do you get to specify in your cover letter if you want to work for the, a particular judge? Um, I'm sure you could. I don't know if I would recommend it. Uh, that's generally not how the application process works. You apply to the federal court. The judge will choose your application if it looks like you're someone that he or she wants to work with, and then and then you'll get called. Uh, and you can have interviews with several judges, or you can have an interview with just one judge. Okay. What judge do you work for? I work with the uh, Honorable Justice Cecily Strickland. What's it like, the relationship with a judge, working for one? Uh, I mean, as you can imagine, it's it depends on the judge. Um, so, you know, just as it would if you were working in a law firm, um, your relationship with the, the partners or the associates that you're working with will be different depending on 
on their personalities and, and who they are. So it really depends on the judges. So um, what surprised you most about working as a clerk generally? What surprised me most? Mm-hmm. Good question. Uh, I don't know. It's really difficult to have expectations. You can talk to clerks beforehand, but until you're actually in it, um, it's difficult to know what you're in for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably what surprised me most is is getting to watch counsel from you know in hearings and in trials, uh, and seeing what the different uh, methods are like in terms of uh, advocacy, and there can be a very widespread. Um, the you get very, very good counsel, and you can get counsel who, you know, it's their first time, and they're doing um, doing a judicial review or a trial for the first time. Mm-hmm. So it's very it's very interesting to watch, and especially for a recent graduate from law school to watch those different kinds of kinds of ag- uh, styles of advocacy. Um, it's a really good learning experience, I think. Is there anything particular that you found especially informative or interesting about their styles? About styles, yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, I think you you know you hear it all the time in law school too. But um, being prepared with the arguments really helps. You see some uh, sometimes you'll see unprepared uh, counsel, and it it definitely makes an impact. I think when you can not look at your notes and you know speak directly to the judge, I think it makes a big impact. So, what do you think is the biggest benefit of clerking? I think there are many. I don't know if there's one biggest benefit. Uh, mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest benefits certainly is the fact that this is one of the few opportunities in your life, unless you're at some point appointed as a judge, uh, that you get to do this kind of work. Um, so in that way, it's a very unique opportunity. It's something you can really only do at this point in your life. You know, fairly close after graduating law school it tends to be the, the norm. Um, so in that way, it's really neat. Um, and it gives you a really cool, in my uh, in my view anyway, of... Uh, it gives you a really cool insight into how things work on the other side of the bench. Um, you know what judges will look at when they're reading it, when they're reading the the file, and you know what can make a big impact and what can't. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I've heard. Uh, well, we've spoken to a couple other clerks, and they've mentioned that one of the biggest benefits for them was was getting to kind of see the mind of the judge at work. You mm-hmm. know, like getting to see them work through. How to, how to deliberate over a case and that. Do you find that that's fairly similar? Like, you get to observe that yourself, or...? Yeah, for sure, and and I, I think that's probably kind of where I was going, that, uh, you know, as you watch them digest the case material and um, digest the oral oral arguments, and you get a good idea of, of the things that really have an impact and the things that probably could have done without, mm-hmm. um, and you get an idea of the process of trying to break down um, arguments, really complex arguments. It's, it is, yeah, it's very interesting. What kind of cases do you tend to uh, be involved in? Just general, I know I know the federal court does a lot of like various tribunals kind of come through here, and there's a lot of regulatory as well. Mm-hmm. But is there any? Uh, just do you mind elaborating on that for us a little bit? Yeah, um, <clears throat> the federal court does a lot of immigration, um, a lot of uh, judicial review of uh, immigration refugee board mm-hmm. um, decisions, uh, or the refugee protection division and the refugee appeal division, which is new. Um, I think I've heard various statistics, and I'm not actually sure what the what the exact stat is, but I think it's somewhere around 70% of the federal court's hearings are judicial reviews of immigration mm-hmm. cases. Um, that said, I actually haven't been doing a whole lot of immigration lately. I've been doing a lot of admiralty law, which is relatively rare at the federal court. Mm-hmm. There, it's, it is the admiralty court in Canada, though. Um, it has concurrent jurisdiction with the other courts to hear maritime law issues. Um, so that's been really fascinating. Um, and uh, otherwise, it here is uh, has original jurisdiction in certain trial matters, um, so it can hear uh, any kind of civil action against the government, for example. Okay. Um, so you get trials fairly often. There's a lot of labor uh, and uh, employment issues that come through judicial reviews of government um, labor boards and that kind of thing. So uh, you get privacy law. Um, pretty much anything that the federal government touches on will, will come through the federal court. Okay. Is there a lot of privacy issues? Um, I don't know if I would say a lot. There's certainly, you know, I actually don't know how many there would be a year, but it would be, you know, it would make up a decent chunk of the of the judicial reviews, non-immigration judicial reviews, I would think. That makes me very happy. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'd like to learn more about. Right, cool. Sounds like a really interesting experience. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I mean, I'm only... 
uh, four months in, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so, you know, still fairly new, although I guess in the grand scheme of things, 40% over, you know, a little less than that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, no, I, I am really enjoying it. It's a great experience. Yeah, it seems like you get exposure to a lot of a lot of interesting issues. Like, I never would have thought of Admiralty Law coming yeah. through here. That, yeah. That's something I would never have thought of. Um, yeah, it is. It's one of the interesting things about the court. The thing is that you never know what you're going to get before you get here because uh, it depends entirely on on what your judge, uh, what the you know the judge you're working for, what they're assigned for the year. Um, uh, oftentimes, I think as a general rule, you do a lot of immigration, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is very interesting. I think the um, development of refugee um, judicial review, in particular, is uh, pretty light speed at the court because it's heard so much that the law tends to develop fairly quickly mm-hmm. or change fairly quickly, which can be good and bad. And <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, it's um, it is a really interesting place to be. Um, and one of the, I mean, one of the other things too is that. Uh, you can you can have a very broad kind of experience depending on what what year you're in or what you know what you happen to get during the year. Uh, some people work on one case for their entire clerkship. Um, wow! Just because that's what their judge. You know, if it's a twelve month or you know four year or eight year Aboriginal file, for example, uh, a trial that you know that would take up your whole year, and mm-hmm. you can kind of work with other judges to try to get uh, a broader experience, but that happens sometimes too. Cool. Yeah. How many different cases have you done so far? Let's see. Um, I've worked on, I would say, three or four immigration files. I'm on my second admiralty file, both of which were quite large. Um, I've done a bit of employment law, and I've helped out on one privacy file as well. Hmm. Yeah. Is there any mentorship training offered when you start? Once you start? Uh, yeah, you get to, so there's two weeks of training at the very beginning, um, and mostly that's just kind of getting to grips with how the court works and how the registry works and, you know, day-to-day kind of stuff, like how do I order a file from the registry and mm-hmm. how do I not make the registry officers angry if I do things correctly. <laughs> um, so it's, it's that kind of thing. It's, so it's, um, you know, pretty standard kind of training stuff at the very beginning. Uh, then you get... Uh, I think probably the most useful thing is when you you first start is talking to the former clerks who are usually there's usually a couple still hanging around from a year before. Try to get a sense of you know how do you write a bench memo, um, how do you put together a bench book, um, that kind of thing. So. And do all clerks work together? Um, in what sense? In one room. Yeah. So essentially, <laughs> yeah. There's uh, and it's the room right behind us. There's. Uh, the clerks are um, all kind of in one room with a bunch of cubicles. Uh, we will often bounce ideas off each other. Most of the time, you're, there, there's not two clerks on a single file. It's usually one file yeah. per clerk. Um, sometimes, sometimes if it's a really big file, you know, we'll help each other out when we have time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're all in there, in there together. So it is actually, and that's one of the other benefits at the federal court, because it's a, a larger court in one place. Um, as opposed to the provincial superior courts where they're kind of spread out all over the province. Uh, we're all here, and so we're, uh, it's a really cool kind of social atmosphere as well. Get to know the other clerks pretty well. And how many of you are there? Um, do you know what? I don't know the exact number, but it's something like 38, somewhere around there. Including mm-hmm. the appeal and the federal? No, that's just the federal court. I think oh, the, wow. the appeal court, there's 12 separate clerks at the appeal court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they sit separately? Yeah, they're on the uh, 11th floor. And mm-hmm. then, or sorry, 10th floor. And we're here on the 7th, and then there are a couple other federal court clerks on the 11th floor because there just wasn't room. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get to compare uh, with the federal court of appeal clerks? If what kind of differences there are? Um, yeah, I mean, we'll chat sometimes. Uh, obviously, what you can talk to the federal court clerks about is limited in terms of the caseload that you're working on because it could get appealed. Um, but yeah, we'll chat. Oftentimes, like we had a session today. Uh, on, on, a, on a, you know, a legal issue, a conference thing. And uh, the, that was a joint conference, and so, yeah, we get together and chat and hang out sometimes, yeah. To your knowledge, how does it differ, Federal Court of Appeal? At the appeal? Uh, it's, and this is kind of one of the interesting things about the Federal Court is that you're not, there's not as big a difference, I would say, you know, with my limited knowledge only at the Federal Court, uh, that between the two courts because the federal court of appeal will hear appeals obviously from the the federal court but at the same time they're also hearing judicial reviews direct from decisions from tribunals Mm -hmm. 
skipping the federal court under the Federal Courts Act. Um, so it's interesting in that way because we're doing, we're kind of doing some of the same work in terms of judicial review at the, at the first level of judicial review, but then at the appeal level, you'd also actually be hearing appeals from either trial decisions or judicial reviews at the federal court. Mm -hmm. Okay. Should we talk about the application? Yeah, I think so. So can you just, uh, what was the application process like overall when you kind of went through it? You probably went through it. Did you go through it this past January or the one before? No, the one before. The one before? Really far in advance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what was it like? So, you know, memory fades pretty quickly, but uh, I think the application happened around in January. So you apply in January mm -hmm. and then you start hearing mid-February, if memory serves. Um, but it's a rolling application, so, uh, you know, as they're going through the applicants, the pool of applicants, each judge kind of choosing who they want to interview and, and making hires as they as it goes along. Uh, it's kind of rolling, so if you don't hear in, you know, immediately in February, don't worry about it. I don't think I got any calls until March sometime. Oh, wow. So, and depending on judges' schedules, they may be really busy in February, so they just don't get around to interviewing until, until March. So, um, I wouldn't... Don't dismay if you haven't heard in February for sure. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, it's it's a you know as far as as uh, law applications go, it's fairly straightforward. You uh, there's one application you submit it online. You have to get all the kind of usual stuff, some reference letters, a writing sample, that kind of thing together, and you submit that. Uh, and that's that's pretty much it. And then you come in, you get invited to a to an interview with a particular judge. You'll get an email about it, and it says you know justice whoever would like to meet with you and go in and do your interview and then you wait and see if you get a call. And what's the interview kind of like? Is it fairly substantive or is it just sit down with a fireside chat with a judge? <laughs> yeah, this, this, and I remember asking this question and I remember getting the same answer that I'm going to give you and it's the most unsatisfying answer <laughs> in that it depends entirely on the judge. Okay. Yeah. Um, some judges, from what I hear, will conduct very substantive interviews. Mm -hmm. um, Although I think for the most part they tend not to be, you know, extremely substantive. Uh, they may ask you about certain case law, or they may talk to you about your interests and try to get a, a bit deeper into what your interests are in terms of substantive law. But for the most part, it's a it would be a typical um, interview with at a law firm that you would have. Mm -hmm. And what was yours yours specifically like with your judge? Um, so my interview was. Uh, was fairly brief, mm -hmm. um, just kind of chatted about interests um, uh, and specifically about maritime law for a little while, which is in hindsight is, is kind of funny. Um, so uh, yeah, it was it was very much like a law firm interview. You okay, go in and you chat and you you know you end up talking obviously about law and sometimes it gets substantive. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that that from my impression, anyways, that tends to be the norm. Um, but I have heard that some judges will do more substantive interviews. How did you prepare for that? Uh, good question. I went through, um, when I got an email uh, about who I was going to be interviewing with, I went through some of the more, that judge's more recent decisions to see, you know, what their writing style is like, um, what kind of thing they've, what kind of cases they decided recently in case there's something, you know, interesting to talk about or in case they wanted to talk about one of them. Um, but in terms of substantive prep, I think that's pretty well all I did. Um, just kind of just read some cases, basically. Mm -hmm. And maritime law came up because you knew it from your past experience? Yeah, I had done some maritime law while in law school. Yeah, I wrote a, I wrote a paper for a, uh, an international organization on maritime law, so yeah. Right, so uh, with respect to your cover letter for your application, if you can remember, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, what, what kind of things did you end up discussing? Obviously, your personal like personal history and that, but uh, like what, what did you kind of put into the cover letter to kind of distinguish yourself or that you felt would help distinguish you? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's any different than you would write your cover letter for a law firm if you were applying. You obviously want to distinguish yourself, so if there's anything interesting that you've done in your experience that's legal, you know, legal, related to the law, uh, that would certainly be something to put in. Um, I don't, I don't know if I did. I mean, I was fortunate enough over one of the U Ottawa January semesters to do a very brief clerkship with the court um, in, on the East Coast. Uh, so I relied on that a lot in terms mm -hmm. of talking about, you know, how I knew that this was something that I was interested in, um, having done a little bit of it. Um, 
so like anything like that, anything that's unique, uh, government work would certainly help since you are in a government uh, uh, agency. You're technically an employee of the court's administrative service mm-hmm. or a court's administration service. So that kind of experience would, I'm sure, would be helpful. But if you if you haven't worked for the government, that's also not, you know, there are lots of clerks who haven't worked yeah. for government. So, um, yeah, I mean, anything that you think is going to make you stand out, obviously, is something to put in your cover letter. Do you speak French? A little bit. Poorly. Yeah. And sorry, I was going to say, is there a there's no is there a bilingual requirement for the federal court at all? Are they, like not heavily, I would assume, but do they do they set aside a certain number of positions for anybody who's bilingual? Do you know? Um, again, the the least helpful answer ever. It will depend entirely on the judge, okay. um, because there are uh, francophone judges and anglophone judges. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working for an anglophone judge, um, so she will only hear cases in English, mm-hmm. um, but. There are cases who work entire, or sorry, judges who work entirely bilingually, um, judges who tend to hear French cases primarily, and then the I think probably the majority who hear English only cases. Was there anything that you think set your application apart from others? <laughs> I don't know. It's always such a it's such a tough question. I, I mean. I think part of it is really, and this is an impossible thing to know beforehand, but it's about clicking with the judge that you're interviewing with. So you never, that's why you should just put everything that's interesting about yourself in your cover letter, you know, while keeping it down to the page. Um, because you never know what's going to, you never know what's going to click. I mean, that, the Justice Strickland is a, an admiralty and maritime law expert. That's what she practiced when she was a lawyer. So that worked for me. I had done some maritime law and I knew something about maritime law enough to have a conversation about it. So mm-hmm. I think that that probably helped. Um, but who knows, you know, like, I think probably part of what will get you in the interview is uh, a judge seeing something interesting on your resume that they think, oh yeah, that, you know, that might help me. Um, or it might be at the very least an interesting thing to have a conversation about. And do you have any tips at all you could offer people for their applications? Like, just generally about uh, both going into the application process, maybe preparation tips or anything like that? Aside from, you know, submitting a very good writing sample, that's always going to be important. Uh, I think because, you know, 90% of what you do is writing, is reading something, digesting it, and then writing it in a way that's understandable and that's helpful to the to the judge in, in understanding the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean... You know, there's the usual stuff. Start in advance as much as you can. Get a bunch of people to read your submissions, your cover letter, and your writing sample. Um, other than that, not really. It's pretty pretty standard application process, really. Did you send? Did you use an academic writing sample or a memo? I know it's been a while. Yeah, what did I use? <laughs> Good question. Um, I'm pretty sure I used a memo. Uh, it was a more academic type of memo though I think it was um, what was it about oh that's right it was a it was a memo on a corporate law appeal and it basically was provided a summary of the law in a particular area um, which I think was uh, the good faith uh, the interpretation of contracts and the implication of good faith in contracts which was kind of a novel thing at the time which I'm sure you know helped Judges want to read interesting things when they can. Um, so you know, that I guess that would be a specific tip: is try to submit a writing sample that's not the same writing sample that the judge would have seen from forty different applicants. Um, anything, and it's kind of the same thing that that we were just talking about. Anything that will make your application stand out is is going to be helpful. So you know, if you're submitting a, a an app or a writing sample that you wrote for your admin law class or your um, an immigration law class, for example, if it's on, you know, a general topic in refugee law, it's probably something that they've read a thousand times before. So mm-hmm. um, that's not going to be as eye-catching as something that, you know, a right piece of writing on a decision that the Supreme Court decided six months ago or, mm-hmm. you know, recently that's still kind of a topic of conversation. Okay, so back to your interview with mm-hmm. the judge. Mm-hmm. So you had the interview. Mm-hmm. Was there a follow-up or that was it? That was it. I had the interview. It was very short. It was maybe 20, 25 minutes. Um, and then uh, I left, um, thinking that I didn't, that I wasn't, hadn't been very successful. And then <laughs> got a call the next day, I think. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Did you send a thank you email? Uh, <laughs> I think I did. I probably did, yeah. It's, it's like, always what? a mystery with the government, whether you should or not. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's ever a bad idea to send one. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. So did, uh, did your judge, by chance, throw any like curveballs or any unexpected questions your way? I don't think so. I think probably... Uh, so I think probably a lot of judges... And I think this is probably true in my experience of, of uh, interviewing with firms as well. They've, you know, they've essentially decided by the time you get to the interview that there's someone that they could, you know, that they're okay with, mm -hmm. or you sort of you're someone that they're okay with. Uh, you know, they're happy with how your resume reads. They're happy with how your cover letter reads. Um, by the time that you get to the interview, for the most part, I think it's about, you know, can I work with this person? Can I see this person every single day? Um, and also, you know, are they articulate? Are they not? Um, yeah, are they, you know, someone to, they can be around? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think, I mean, that said, I have heard that some judges um, and lawyers, for that matter, will do more substantive interviews. But um, so very short answer, very long. Uh, no, I don't think there were any curveball questions. I think it was pretty straightforward. Were there any questions that you're particularly proud of answering well? I don't think so. It's a really long time ago. <laughs> um, um, I don't know if I would be proud of, that, of any of them. There's always the classic question, like, why do you want a clerk? Um, and I, my answer was fairly easy, just because I'm, I was a huge keener. I am a huge keener, and I love the idea of clerking. And I, it was something that I wanted to do since I started law school. So mm -hmm. um, I think that was, you know, that's probably the question to prepare for. If you can't answer that very well, your chances aren't great. Yeah. It's a nice answer, very genuine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you think you would do differently with regard to the application process if you could do it over? Obviously, nobody really wants to redo that whole thing over again, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, Is there anything you would do differently at all? To be honest, the, the, the court's uh, application system is pretty painless, um, especially when you compare it to something like OCI's, which is the most painful. Uh, so no, I don't, I don't think so. I think, you know, it, it went as I expected it would um, in terms of, you know, submission and getting everything in. I don't know if, it, if I fully expected to even get an interview, mm -hmm. so I feel pretty fortunate in that way. But uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think there is anything really to do differently. You've just got to do the best application you can. Um, of course, there's always, you know, you always think that you can make your resume a little bit better, make your cover letter a little bit better mm -hmm. for your writing sample. So I'm sure I, you know, if I had another week to look at my writing sample, I would take it. But, um, yeah, I don't think there's anything specific. Is there any, anything else you think students, students should know about clerking uh, with the federal court or clerking in general? I don't think so. I, I mean, really, I think in terms of knowing what, to, what you're getting in for, or what you're getting into, I should say. There's not that. There's not that much that you can expect because it's going to be entirely dependent on the judge that you're clerking with, and just what they happen to get that year. Mm -hmm. There, there might be, uh, like this year, more admiralty or more maritime law um, than usual. Uh, there might be a really big, a really large number of privacy files that come through. You, you never really know. Uh, <laughs> But in terms of the type of work that you're doing, uh, it's, it's really not all that different from law school. It's just on a very accelerated timeline. So you're, you, know, you get a few thousand pages of materials dumped on you, and you write a, you write a memo on it in you know, a couple weeks, uh, sometimes a week, which is kind of painful. Um, so you, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of listening either to uh, record recordings or to... Um, in live in a hearing, uh, and then it's a lot of uh, digesting, and you have to learn um, new legal fields, you know, or legal issues, I should say, very quickly. So mm -hmm. um, it's about kind of diving into a very specific area or a very narrow area and really getting into it, and then having to move on to the next thing. So, mm -hmm. so would you recommend then students to kind of maybe seek out research opportunities just generally to kind of not? Oh yeah, I wouldn't say prepare for clerking, but maybe give them a bit of an edge. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of judges look for research, um, research experience, for sure. I know I had a bunch. Uh, mm -hmm. I did a few contracts with professors while I was at the University of Ottawa. Um, 
I had done some in my undergrad. It was kind of a persistent thing. Um, I worked with the, the law review for most of the time that I was there. I think that probably helped as well. So, um, yeah, I think research is definitely important because it's, you know, it's a lot of what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that and writing, is, that's pretty much it, so. All right. I think that's everything. Yeah. Thanks so much, Nick, for doing this. Thank yeah, you. It's really great. Okay, so next we have Erica Vandervoort. Uh, she's clerking at the Superior Court of Justice. Uh, she just started in August, a few months after graduating at the University of Ottawa. You should know that you can only apply to clerk at the Superior Court of Justice instead of articling. You cannot do both. It's a 12-month contract, but sometimes you can negotiate for a shorter term. So let's get started. Hi, Erica. Can you please introduce yourself? My name is Erica Vandervoort, and I'm one of the three judicial law clerks at the Ontario Superior Court of Justice um, at the courthouse in Ottawa. And uh, do you mind just telling us a little bit about your job as a clerk? Sure. Um, Well, as I mentioned, there's three of us in Ottawa, and we work for 49 judges because we we are the um, East Region clerks. And so we also work for the judges in the courthouses, um, such as Lorignal, Perth. um, There's a a few of them. And... um, the type of work we do is, uh, well, there's a wide variety, but uh, we prepare memorandums. That's, I think that's the most, uh, that's the biggest aspect. So we do um, sometimes extensive research, sometimes uh, quick research um, to answer during a hearing. Uh, we do some editing, uh, we prepare papers for conferences, uh, etc. That it's quite diverse. What's your schedule like? to follow up on that? Um, it's, I would say that uh, it's not quite as uh, busy as you would be on Bay Street. I mean, uh, but it is quite demanding because you're working for several judges. Um, but, I mean, it depends on the person and what your preferences are. Um, I often work through lunch. So um, a typical day would maybe be, um, I arrive at 8.30, I leave the courthouse probably around 6, and then if I have work to do from home, I do, um, but sometimes I don't. And then um, I would say on average, maybe I work on one day of the weekend, but it really varies. Okay. Okay. Um, How would you say clerkship at the Superior Court of Justice differ from clerkships at other courts? I think it would be, um, because of the jurisdiction of the court, um, we have a lot of variety because we hear family law cases, criminal cases, and civil cases. Um, and also, um, the Superior Court has two, three branches. It has a divisional court, the small claims court, and then the family court. So um, when the divisional court sits uh, in Ottawa, that, that happens uh, four times a year, then we're um, preparing memos for um, judicial reviews and statutory appeals of uh, administrative tribunals. Mm-hmm. So that so we have quite a mixture. We're never doing the same thing. It's not like um it's not like when you're on a rotation in a law firm and you're only seeing um one one field of law. Are there any particular types of cases that you deal with the most? It's hard to say and I haven't really been compiling statistics, <laughs> but um Maybe I would say family and criminal are the cases that come up the most. Mm-hmm. So while you've been clerking, what surprised you the most? Um, I think what really surprised me was um, when judges approach us and ask us to come and observe in court. Um, well, first of all, I wasn't sure that, I didn't think we would be um, asked to do that um, as frequently as we are. Not that it's a a huge portion of our work, but um, at least once a week, I would say, we observe something in court. And um, often afterwards, they'll ask us our thoughts. And the first time that happened, I was quite surprised because I was thinking, well, I'm just an articling student. My thoughts must not be that uh, important. But it's nice um, that really judges are opening to discuss the matters with you and it gets you to really... um, get a great experience. That's really great. Mm-hmm. What's it like to work with a judge otherwise? 
Um, it's very great. Um, what's nice is that um, with the Ontario Superior Court of Justice, we're not working, uh, we're not assigned to a particular judge. So we're working for many of them. So that gives us um, the chance to meet several judges and learn how they work and uh, see what their expertise is. So it's really, um, it's really nice. And um, we also have uh, mentor judges. We have two assigned to us clerks. So if ever we have any concerns or anything to discuss, we can always uh, approach them. And what do you consider being the biggest benefit of clerking? Like I know a lot of students consider it, and they're done. I assume they would want to know kind of what what the best thing about it is for them. Like what can they get out of it the most? Uh, yes, I think the best thing is, um, especially if you want to go in litigation, is that you're really witnessing the judge's decision-making process firsthand. Um, when you're working with them on a matter and they share their thoughts and or you observe in court and you hear what questions they're asking, what they're looking for, and then you discuss it with them, you really get to see what you should be doing as a litigator. So I think that's the most beneficial aspect. Mm-hmm. And just to follow up on that, would uh, what, do you, what would you say would be the best skills to kind of develop, I guess, through law school, kind of going into, if, you, if you're thinking about clerking? I don't think that you need to take any particular classes. Of course, you can prepare by, uh, I guess if you would be involved in a moot, it would show that you are interested in uh, litigating or uh, being in the court mm-hmm. house. But um, I don't think that, I think the judges um, appreciate that we come with all our different backgrounds. Uh, and so I don't think I could really recommend one particular uh, course of action. Is there anything else about your current role we should know? I don't think so. I can't <laughs> think of anything. <laughs> okay, then let's talk about the application process. Sure. Uh, can you please offer, uh, well, first of all, can you uh, describe the application process to us? Um, I think I'm a bit rusty on that. Um, <clears throat> Because it's been a while, I should have reviewed that, but it's on the um, the website, and I do have the address. Um, it's www.ontariocourts.ca slash scj, sorry, slash clerkship, slash. Um, and when you go there, it has, there's a, um, a link just for the application process, and it it gives you the details. Um, I, I don't really want to say anything that's inaccurate. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, well, from from what I remember, it's the deadline is in January January to submit um, your cover letters, your um, resume, and also your references, and then the interview is sometime in February. Oh, and you also have to submit in January a um, a writing sample. Okay. And what did you discuss in your cover letter, if you remember at all? Um, well, I'm trying to remember now. Um, I think that I had a, well, uh, I introduced myself, of course, mm-hmm. and I wrote why the clerkship appealed to me. And uh, I kept my cover letter brief, and it was also um, fairly active. I, did, I was careful not to use any passive um, sentences. Um, it was in the present, and uh, I spoke about my experiences, mostly those that are related or that I could tie into um, a clerk, make it related to a clerkship. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that that's all I can say about that. I don't remember uh, my wording or anything. <laughs> it has been a while, so it's completely yeah. understandable. Yeah. Do you remember what you thought at the time appealed to you about clerking? I think the biggest thing for, that was appealing to me was to um, really witness um, how judges make their decisions. Yeah, that must be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you offer some tips uh, to people interested in applying for generally the application process, the cover letters, the interview? Um, yes, I think that um, if the people applying are bilingual, they should really um, emphasize that. I know um, I am, and one thing I had done, it may be a bit excessive, but I had sent my cover letter in both French and English, and I had sent also my resume in French and English. Mm -hmm. And then in my writing sample, I provided a French 
uh, an excerpt of a French text and of an English one. So I, I really tried to highlight my bi bilingualism. Um, mm -hmm. Here in Ottawa, they make sure they hire one bilingual clerk. Um, apart from that, I can't think of anything. I, I, with everyone's unique experience, I think people shouldn't be afraid to um, to make it strictly legal, show that they're a well-rounded person. I think that's that's important as well. Mm -hmm. Since you mentioned bilingualism, um, are all of the clerks that you work with bilingual? No, um, I'm the only bilingual, although they do have an understanding of of French, and um, I think they, they're quite good in French, but that's not really, um, I'm the only one who works in, in French. It's not a, a requirement mm -hmm. to be bilingual. They just, um, they hire one bilingual clerk here in Ottawa, but it's, it's not necessary at all. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your interview or what you remember from it? Like, just describe the interview process in like two two minutes or less. Yes. Um, from what I remember, I went to the courthouse, and uh, here it's on the fifth floor. And uh, then I met with the uh, counsel and manager of legal research, mm -hmm. uh, Andrew Christie. He's currently my uh, my manager as well as an articling student. And um, then he took me to the boardroom, and I met the the hiring committee, and I also met the regional senior judge of the East Region, that's mm -hmm. Justice McNamara, um, and then I think we just proceeded to the interview, and afterwards what was nice is that one of the current articling students um, took me on a little tour of the courthouse, uh, not of the courthouse, but of the judges' chambers, mm -hmm. so if people are um, interviewing this year, it might be me taking them on a tour. <laughs> Did you think you were going to get the job at the time? Uh, actually, not at all. Um, I wasn't even sure it had gone well, but I think that's typical. We always doubt ourselves. Um, <laughs> but um, no, I didn't think so. It was also an overwhelming time because uh, I was also applying for summer uh, student positions. And so uh, it's kind of a blur. But no, I don't think I, I was that confident and I was very very happy. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would do differently regarding the application process and all of that? Um, I can't think of anything I would do differently, um, especially because the outcome was positive. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think um, it's good to prepare um, to prepare well in advance and to try to just to be yourself at the interview. I know um, our schedules can be quite hectic as students, so just try to be yourself and be fairly relaxed, but I know that can be difficult. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's been a while, so it's okay mm -hmm. if you don't remember anymore, but do you remember how did you prepare for the interview? I think I went on the Ontario Superior Court of Justice website and I read a lot of the inter um, information about about the courthouse, um, just learning just the general information, and then I I reviewed my um, resume, making sure I could talk about all of my experiences, and uh, reviewed my application, of course, so I could mm -hmm. be ready to talk about it. Um, yeah, I think apart from that, that, I think that's all you can, I, I did to prepare. Did you read any legislation or any decisions of the court? Uh, I may have, yes, I may have done that. It would. I think that's a good idea to do that as well. But it doesn't need to be uh, excessive. Don't I don't think students need to start reading 10 decisions just before their interview. It's hard to retain that. <laughs> now, is there anything else that you think students should know? Um, no, I can't really think. Well, maybe I would just tell people um, not to be scared to apply. Um, some people have the impression that clerkships are very, very academic, and you're just looking at complex legal issues, but I think that my clerkship experience is quite practical as well, and mm -hmm. so I just encourage people to apply, and um, for the application process, um, to make sure they look at the website uh, that I mentioned uh, earlier, and make sure they really follow the instructions for the application. Okay. That's great. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Erica. This was really great. Yeah, oh, no again. problem. I'm happy I could help. You've just been listening to The Law School Show.
You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from The Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds. <laughs>